Mitchell. Welcome to another episode of Records Revisited, podcast dedicated to the magic of music. I'm your DJ, your MC, the host on the East Coast. I'm Ben Montgomery. Joining me is my co-host from the left coast who says, every time I have a guest co-host, quote, say it isn't so, tell me I'm the only one, say it isn't so, end quote. Here he is, my co-host, Wayne Fugate. Hola, Ben Hameen. So for this episode, we have a special guest who, well, we're going to talk about how we know each other. His most recent record is called Road Trip Rocker. Please welcome to the podcast, Mark Ontaris. Uh, hello. Thank you. Yeah, right? Mark Ontaris. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely. So premise of our podcast, fairly simple. We talk about music, but as we do at the beginning of each episode, I ask the all-important question. So let's start with Mark. Mark, what T-shirt are you wearing? <laughs> I am wearing a uh, 2009 Major League Soccer uh, Real Salt Lake. Um, it's a it's an Eastern Conference Championship T-shirt, uh, Real Salt Lake versus Chicago Fire. All right, fantastic. Um, and and I don't know if you know this or not, but um, we had Alexi Lawless on an episode a couple months ago. Oh, nice! That's that's pretty classic. Amazing player. Yeah. All right, Wayne. How about you? What what t shirt are you wearing? Well, first thing I did was look in an old box I had to see if I could find my Griffey in '96 shirt, which I could not. But uh, several Father's Days ago, I got a, a Mariners jersey T-shirt, the Ichiro Suzuki. So I'm wearing that. Fantastic. And I am wearing not a new shirt at all. So I'm wearing one of my Wilco T-shirts. Sorry, I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't thinking of Junior. You you were thinking the outfield you were thinking baseball i i'm so not in that frame of mind yet i guess probably <laughs> pitchers and catchers haven't reported yet now say it ain't so ben say it ain't I know, so I know. i'm sorry about that all right so um to mark so we go back to the early 2000s when we both worked at ebay in utah now that you're bringing the the real Salt Lake thing into into play. So um, the graveyard the graveyard shift at eBay. <laughs> wow, I waited for this one. Uh, yeah, graveyard at eBay, early two thousands. I remember vividly um, <clears throat> having major uh, uh, trying not to fall asleep the whole night, being up till sometimes we work overtime till eleven a.m. and uh, yeah, the uh, it was kind of I would I would I would usually stay up on computer and work in the early dot com boom and yeah those were some times. Those were some times. Um, you realize it's been twenty years since I left Utah to came to to come to Florida. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I remember we 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 sat like across from each other or something. We we would just be just totally fried from working all night. Be like, hey. <laughs> What's this email about? What's, <laughs> what are you going to answer this time? You know, it'd be like the, the, the building was all dead and stuff. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like all nighters, man. I don't, I don't and, miss that at all. I mean, I guess we tried to make the best of a bad situation. I mean, I, I remember 
So if you recall, I had my own internet development company that I was I was trying to keep afloat at the time. So I was I was a small business owner at the time, which is why I took this graveyard shift at eBay to pay the bills. And so I would immediately go from there to home, work on my business. I would take a nap and then my wife would go to work. I would watch my my then, you know, one year old, two year old while still working and trying to multitask. She would come home, I would sleep for four hours, and then I would go back to eBay and, and work through the night. And so my my breaks, I remember finding empty conference rooms and sleeping on the floor during the breaks underneath the <laughs> table. Yeah, some people would sleep, and then we. You know, I would try to keep myself awake. If if I even if I even dozed off at all, I would fall asleep for hours. So I just would drink extra coffee. Yeah, and uh, you know, there's we helped a lot of people. There's a lot of good moments there, so a lot of good memories. But um, yeah, those days. Um, yeah, after that, did a lot of other similar roles. But yeah, it was a interesting time. Yeah. Did you keep in touch with anybody from there? Uh, yeah, there's, there's uh, been a few, you know, um, uh, good friend, Kevin was a uh, best, best man at his wedding. I'm um, seeing him. He came out and visited me here in Vegas. Uh, we, we went and hung out at Caesars, uh, with the Ruby Tuesdays for a bit. This was the, before the, before pandemic started, but it was good to see him, you know, keep, keep in touch with a few, got, got some Facebook friends. Yeah. eBay days. So, do you remember Lauren? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, good. Go, <laughs> little little bit of a goofy guy. Um, I I felt like I was his therapist. Um, a lot because he and his young wife were going through some domestic issues while he was at eBay, and one of the things that we used to do to try and crack each other up and, <laughs> and, and keep a little levity on the, on the shift was, <clears throat> so we answered emails and sometimes the, the questions were so absolutely stupid that you just needed a counter with a stupid remark back. And so we would, we would pretend as though we were, um, replying to those stupid comments, and then we would print them <laughs> out and show each other what it was. Well, one time he actually accidentally sent one of his sarcastic responses. Do you recall this at all? Um, yeah, I think I do. I don't I think I don't know. Remember what what the consequence was of that? <laughs> there, there's a number of Lauren stories. But yeah. <laughs> So he he threw me under the bus and said, you know, that I was one of the culprits uh, of these sarcastic remarks. And so I had to, like, explain to management that, you know, um, yeah, I, I did it and I promised not to do it again. And please don't fire Lauren because they were they were going to fire him for this remark because somebody came back and said, what in the world? How would how do, this isn't helpful at all. I want to speak to a manager. It was just, it was a 
mess. Anyways. Wow. I, um, I think I remember something. Um, I, I remember Lauren was, was, was actually in spite of, he was extremely bright too, but was, you know, yeah. a lot of, a en- lot of energy, uh, <laughs> a lot of energy, a lot of excitement about things. And, you know, so I, I liked his energy, but yeah, working with him at graveyard. Yeah. He kept us awake. <laughs> uh, yeah. He was very talkative. Yes. Um, yes. So I will say the one thing that came out of, out of, um, working graveyards is we all had our headphones on. We all listened to a lot of music. I discovered Warren Zevon. That was one of my biggest discoveries while I was working there. Uh, I became a really big Steely Dan fan because um, somebody loaned me their, their gaucho. I think it was, I think it was gaucho. And, um, so that turned me into a big Steely Dan fan. Jeff Buckley, I discovered, really discovered on on uh, on Graveyard Shift. Were Were there any bands that you discovered during that time period? Uh, yes, uh, there was. Like, I went back and listened to a number of, of albums I hadn't heard before. You know, there was some that I hadn't heard from Weezer, and a few that I hadn't heard from, uh, like like Beck, and. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff that we would listen to, you know, from those days we would find, um, you know, kind of like the older formats better. After that, I started getting into vinyl, started listening to some other, like, like you know, Band of Gypsies and things like that. Um, so that's currently, I'm, you know, I'm into tape. I've, I've gotten into a kind of a tape phase recently, but yeah, yeah I, I remember digital too. Huh? Yeah, I noticed that because uh, with your with your new album, so you you ended up doing a bunch of cassette tapes for this, this release. Yeah, it was a lot of fun to like reversible cassette and I'd never printed one before. So I wanted to give it a try. And the sound was, was, was done with the tape sound on uh, later on all the tracks. So that kind of fit too. And then it was nice to listen to on the cassette player, have nice, nice sound to it. Yeah. So, uh, so I got to ask you, cause I, I remember us having conversations about you creating music um, back in the day, are you still doing everything? Like all the instruments are, are you? Uh, yeah. I mean, unless I'm collabing on, on, on the show or something, but yeah, it's, you know, most of the time it's just, it's just me. I've, I've had a few collabs where somebody will join me once in a while if, if we email back and forth or something, but you know, especially lately, I've um, been, been, you know, I've been doing a lot of other work, but yeah, I've, it's mostly just me mixing in logic and, um, you know, cutting all the tracks and just kind of working on it till it's done. It sometimes takes months, you know. Yeah. How many channels are we talking about for for some of this some of these tracks? Um, up to up to sixteen. There's uh, okay. I can I can go up to sixteen. A lot of times I'll I'll keep it. I I use a summing mixer, so I'll keep it around eight usually, and then uh, just kind of pan everything depending on what it is, and you know, add some tape sound. So what comes first? Or does it, or does it depend on the song? It, it does depend. I mean, sometimes if it, some songs will start with a riff, other times it starts with an idea or a lyric. Uh, sometimes with singing, it just kind of depends on on what's going on. Some a lot of times I start with beats or or, <laughs> or, or sometimes a keyboard. It just depends. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, what number album is this for you? 
total because uh, this is your this is the first one under the 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 mark moniker. But I know that you've put out a bunch of stuff over the years. So what what album? What number uh, album is? Yeah, it? I mean all indie labels, SodaCon music label. Jeez, how many SodaCons? Um, so Getchar was the first, and then there was see, I did I did do Trifecta. That was with the band SodaCon, and then let's see what was after that. Electromagnet. Four, I think that was Yeah, a friend can follow Electromagnet, and then on to Silver Knuckle, and then. Uh, what was after that was SOSB one, SOSB two. Um, <laughs> you just like you just like, like taking on different different characters. No, no, nobody's heard of any of these. <laughs> but yeah, that's a, uh, so I think about eight or nine, like not maybe ten or so with the, the recent one, at least full yeah. length. I've done some EPs too, but uh, I, I usually do full lengths. I don't know why, but that's usually how I end up writing and working on a project yeah it's all good all good um wayne you you said you had an opportunity to listen to um road trip rocker yeah i i like i mean it had a contemporary sound but there was definitely like uh nostalgia you could hear you could hear the 80s and the 90s kind of bleeding through in different spots except for our dragon's tail which was total prog rock wow i, I appreciate that thank you for listening and you know, I, I love the prog rock too, so I appreciate that, that comment. Yeah, I just hit the prog rock mother load at Goodwill the other day for CDs. So there were um, there were a couple early Peter Gabriel CDs. Um, I found uh, three older pre Phil Collins as the, uh, the the main vocalist CDs, including the uh, live what is it live on Broadway or something like that. You guys know which one I'm talking about? Let's see, live on Broadway. This is the transition from Peter Gabriel to Phil Collins' Genesis. Yeah, I uh, found a couple Yes uh, early Yes records. Um, Fragile, the Yes album. Yeah. Um, a couple Pink Floyd's, some some Zeppelin. Um, yeah, it was a uh, it was it was good. So I'm I'm going to be going down this Prague rabbit hole very soon um, all right so, so we'll we'll see we'll see and and i also um i also bought some dead Whoa. for yeah first time first time i've ever had grateful dead in my collection so i, I bought some dead because nice. um yeah so we'll 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 see we'll see um yeah I've been to the. I've, they came through. I remember them coming through Salt Lake in the '90s too. So that was 
was it 95, right? Or early, early 95. So right before Jerry died. Yeah. I remember that. And, uh, yeah. I remember hanging out with some friends. We went to the parking lot. There was, a. Um, we danced to uh, James Brown with the Deadheads. Okay. <laughs> it was pretty awesome, man. I had a good time, you know. He, you know, ate some food. Yeah, played some hacky sack. <laughs> we we probably did. There yeah, was, there had to have been hacky sack at a Dead concert. Come on, I, I still play once in a while if I when I get the chance. With, with my little boy, you know, he's he's learning how to play a little bit too. There you go. All right. So, so how'd you get to Vegas? Catch, catch me up on the last 20 years. Oh, pretty much. I, I lived in Vegas when I was back in 96 for a little bit. So I, I liked to live in here then. Um, been in Salt Lake for a little while, but had the opportunity through work. I was able to come down. So we was like, yeah, let's you know, give it a shot. We liked the, what we were, we were finding with places. And um, so, yeah, we just made a decision. I've been in, you know, enjoyed living in Magna, been for a while, but I you know, decided let's give it a try. Say we like it, and you know that's where we are. Um, Very cool. How is how is the scene there? Because I remember, I remember Utah not having much of a scene. In fact, you got an opportunity to open for some pretty cool people because you were one of the few the, the the few that were making music in that in that time period like you opened for the eels right i remember that the eels uh is that, that the eels I, I don't believe so i would i would gladly claim it if it were true <laughs> but, okay. but no i i can't say we op- i ever opened for the eels um, all right i misremembered that thing all good um I did play the band I was with. We did open for the Flies uh, in the 90s. That yeah, was it. Yeah. The Flies. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've heard of you know, the, yeah. Yeah, the Flies. Um, that was a, an amazing uh, night. I remember the Park City. Um, it was kind of a dark room. It was crowded. Uh, we played our set. It went pretty smooth I, for for a set. I mean, you know, um, pretty much that was it. I mean, we, we used to play with but a um, few bands in town, um, old wooden slat days. So, um, yeah, that, I played in Perigee and did a bunch, yeah, done a bunch of solo shows too. Yeah. How, how is the scene there in Vegas? Are you doing, are you doing, uh, you doing some, some shows there? Uh, we went out to the artisan and played some open mic. I was able to, uh, these guys had a band, uh, Bama, and they were playing, and I was able to, to play some songs, and they just played right along. It was they were excellent musicians, so I went and played there like what maybe five six times, and then also, uh, you know, playing around. I got a busking permit for Fremont, <laughs> and, uh, okay. you know, something to do. It was back up, but uh, yeah, it's um, and I just been recording. Very cool. All right, any any particular songs you want me to? Uh promote here i i would say ultra wave is probably my favorite off of the record yeah, very nice i'm glad you like that one um ultra wave is good um the uh, tale of the dragon is, is really good um let me see one of my favorite one let's bust this out here kind of come on you're supposed, to, you're supposed to know all the songs on your tape man <laughs> you should know your own favorite song <laughs> 
I know. I started working on new songs. I'm like, oh, what was on that that disc again? Uh, let's see. I put I put you on the spot, didn't I? I get a party. It's like at a party. If I have my set list, I know I'm good. But if I if I don't know what I'm playing, I'm like, um, um I like uh, in my travels. That that's actually that's, my favorite. That's the one. song that you're you essentially wrote for your son. Uh, right? That is correct. Yeah, for my family. Yeah, and the yeah that one turned out really good mixing and and the way it was kind of melody in my head and I you know was, had that melody in my head for a long time. Finally tracked it. It came out as in my travels. Uh, don't know what's best is actually probably up there is one of my favorites as well. That one just talks about you know things that happen and you know people trying to control your life and a lot of problems I had with with, with the, that stuff happening. That really glad I've left that in the rearview mirror. So that one that one meant a lot to me. I didn't even want to show that song to people, but then when I did show it to people, they were they seemed to really like it. So um, that one turned out. Um, and I like Never Gonna Change, the, the last last track as well. Definitely. People need to go check out Road Trip Rocker. It is out there on Spotify. Um, and, of course, you can go to to, to uh, Mark's website as well. Uh, what's, what's your website again? Uh, MarkOntaras.com. And that's Ontaras with a Z at the end, right? That is correct. All right. Well, uh, Mark, tell us what record you chose to revisit for this episode. Yeah, with the um, when you graciously invited me to, to come on the episode a few months back, the um, at the time I would find out about uh, Tony Lewis passing away in the outfield. So um, you know, I, I was like, well, we, we should maybe do this on uh, Play Deep. I remember when I was a kid, I had that, that Play Deep cassette. And, you know, it's kind of had a lot of influence on me as far as getting into music in general and, 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 and liking guitar music. So I um, thought one I want to talk about and glad that you, you know, like the idea. Oh, heck yeah. I mean, um, love, I love, I love the outfield. Um, in fact, uh, you, you didn't have to, you didn't have to, to, to pull my leg to you twist your arm. No. There, the, Man, there was that, no arm twisting. That, that cassette got uh, got wore out in the Maverick. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. The Ford Maverick. That was one of our. Um, that was one of our staples. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So, so who who introduced you to the outfield, or was this a? I saw it on MTV, or I heard the the song on the radio. What what was your introduction to the outfield, Mark? <laughs> yeah. So the. Um, you know, we didn't have MTV at first, so we, the early 80s, 
uh, we'd go visit my aunt and uncle. They were teenagers and provosts. I'd visit them, and, and my uncle had like all these metal um, vinyl records down in his basement. We'd listen to those with him, like old Scorpions, like Blackout and stuff like that. And um, yeah. so basically, they, my aunt's friend had MTV, and then we, we saw a few MTV videos. So end up seeing the outfield playing, and you know I'm like 11 or 12. I was like 10, yeah, the, this one. Um, so I'd see these, these other kids that were a little older than me, these they, you know, older teenagers. I want to be like them. I'd see them all carrying outfield cassettes or walking in the music store, Sam Goody, you know. And, yeah. uh, so I was like, yeah, you know, and I, I saw their video. And I was like, wow, you know, these guys are, you know, really happening. I'd like to, you know, it'd be like these guys, you know, or I wish they'd play guitar like that, you know. And it was just like kind of magical the way they presented their, their songs, I thought. Did you ever get a chance to see him live? Fortunately not, you know, I'm, I don't know if I have to check and see if they ever came through Salt Lake, but yeah, that was not um, something I was ever able to see. And in spite of all the shows I did see, um, didn't get to see the outfield, unfortunately. How about you, Wayne? Uh, no, I never, I never did. So I did, I did have the opportunity to see them for the banging tour. They opened up for Journey on the Raised on Radio tour. That was an interesting night. There's a whole story behind that. Um, but it was uh, it was Sean, Richard, and I who went to that that particular concert. Um, and we lost Sean because Sean wanted to be front front and center, and Richard and I were not interested in getting smashed by the crowd. So. Um, if Sean's listening, he can he can he can uh, message me and let me know if he um, if he has any lasting scars from being in the. the, yeah, the pile I think there. I could take my chances with the journey outfield crowd. <laughs> yeah, and the Judas Priest Megadeth was like, yeah, you know. yeah, there was no there was no mosh. I, I, I got up I got up front at the Guns N' Roses Metallica concert though. <laughs> The motorhead opened up. I think I can handle the journey outfield crowd. <laughs> you could have handled that. You could have handled that. The Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it completely. Um, that's that's amazing. I, I'm, I'm one thing. I you, it's a banging tour. So I actually really like that album. Um, even 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 more than Play Deep, actually. But it wasn't. You know, even it wasn't it was received. I, I thought it was quite amazing. But there, this yeah. one was was one that everyone will likely know. Oh yeah, and and people would know this. So this was their debut debut studio album. Came out in um, June of 1985. Um, they did have some some singles off of this. Uh, of course, Your Love, which was a, a a top ten hit. We'll talk about that as we we get there. It was a three time multi platinum record in the u.s uh peaked at number nine on the billboard album charts so um definitely definitely had some some popularity here in the states um they were from england though you guys you guys realize that not not um, so popular there no not so popular i was really surprised did you did you read some of the the bio info on this i I did and i'm i was always amazed because they're they're knocking off all these bands in the Commonwealth and that they're not. Yeah. Quite amazing. Yeah. From England. And, and they had, I thought they had more of an American flavor to their sound, at least beginning. I mean, 
least uh, you would have th- maybe thought they were from America. They were, and they were well received here. And considering that they were called the outfield, um, baseball's not exactly a, um, a, a big time sport in the UK. They were originally called the baseball boys, baseball boys, which was, wasn't that a takeoff that, uh, the gang and the warriors, the baseball furies. Yeah. Warriors. Yeah. Um, and then I guess they said that the baseball boys, uh, their manager said it was um, tacky, tacky or something like that. Yeah. Um, and so they changed it to the outfield. Do you think that? Do you think the name itself got them more notoriety in the U.S. and maybe the U.K. folks just wrote them off because they're a quote unquote American band with that? You know, I I went around and around on this, but when you think, I mean, if you look at it right about the same time in between days comes out by the cure, the queen is dead by the Smiths. The English have better things to listen to and no disrespect to the outfield, but some really great new order. There was just a lot of really cool stuff coming out in England. And, and you, you had texted me Wayne about the, uh, the similarities of this band to the police, I guess the, you know, and the police had, wow. Yeah. (laughs) We're pretty much done in what? 83, 84. Yeah. In fact, dream of the blue turtles came out and Sting's first solo album came out in 85. 85. Yeah. Yeah. So I wonder if that was, that was also part of it where we're like, "Eh, we're, we're done with missing the police. Yeah. Yeah. We're done with the police. So, I don't know. Um, you know. Label marketing and everything, which I guess a lot of stuff that played a part in, in the music industry back then. But yeah, yeah there's um, a lot of that music's timeless and, and the, the, a lot of this pop synth that was out. So yeah, there was, you know, I guess it was, it's kind of conceivable they'd be more on the American mainstream pop rock side. Yeah. yeah. Kind yeah, of you- also a gate- gateway to metal for some of us too, strangely enough, a gateway to prog and metal. <laughs> in another sense, a couple of years later, I'm listening to other, you know, similar, but, you know, diverse sounds like that, you know, this was, I think my foray out of metal, I had a little bit of a metal period in 83, 84. And I think that this was, this was getting me back into more of a pop, pop rock type of, uh, sensibility. Um, all right. So the band, made up of three guys tony lewis as you mentioned he he plays the bass and does the 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 lead vocals john spinks plays guitar he is your harmony vocal guy and then alan jackman uh he does the the drums and percussion this particular album was produced by william whitman you guys know any of his other credits uh a couple what the you fix. got? The Fix. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he produced Ink and Calm Animals for The Fix. Um, he also did Steady Nerves by Graham Parker. Yeah, that's a, that's a good record. That is a really good record. Uh, and um, he's got some credits with the Hooters as well. I don't oh, think that's he, right. I don't think he produced any of the albums, but I, I think he engineered some of them. And And here's kind of he's still around he serves as the musical director for cindy lopper's band 
Oh, wow. She still tours. Yeah. Or she well, did. Did. And hopefully will again. Yeah. Hope, hope so. Uh, executive producers, Rick Chertoff. And since I just brought up the, the Hooters, um, so he's got, got, uh, some, some ties to the Hooters because he knows Rob Hyman and Eric Brazil. Yep. Former guest, Eric Bazilian. Um, so, so he produced, uh, nervous night, one way home and zigzag for Hooters. I'm trying to remember what else he's done. I know that he he started with Clive Davis, if I remember right, um, with Arista. I think he did some editing or some remixing for some of those guys. Um, I don't know. I didn't do enough. I didn't do enough looking at uh, Rick Chertoff. Um, oh, it, he is the five-time Grammy-nominated producer responsible for producing hits like Joan Osborne's One of Us, which was written by... Oh, you, you know what? Ten seconds ago, I could have told you. I just drew a blank. Eric Bazilian, come on. Okay, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I was like, we had him on the show. Uh, me. And uh, some Cindy Lauper songs, including Time After Time, Girls Just Want to Have Fun, and um, Wayne's favorite song from the 90s, Sophie B. Hawkins, Damn, I Wish I Was Your Lover. That's so true. Actually, I don't know if that's true. Is it, do you, you like that song, though, right? I don't know how you would not like that song. It's I love Sophie B. It's good. Um, all right. We talked about banging. So to Mark, you, you brought up banging. Um, did have some chart success um, since you've been gone. That was the, the big hit off of that. Um, Voices of Babylon came out in 89. That had a few minor hits, but yeah, that was, that was about it. Um, you know, the, um, in a while, like, yeah, I've been listening to some of their stuff through the years. I'd follow up and see what they, they release here and there, but I, I did like replay. Uh, that was that, their, their latest one, 2011. Had some, had some good tracks. It's, uh, you know, it's got some, you know, it's got some brightness to it, to the mix, I thought, but you know, overall, um, I like the sound, like the like the album and the songs, the final, last effort they had there. And that came out what a couple of years before John Spinks passed away as well. Yeah, it was like in 2011, right before 2014. Yeah, yeah, and then um, you know, unfortunately, uh, you know, Tony passed away at the end of uh, 2020, and so really, it's just um, it's just the drummer. So outfield is they're retired uh for sure um all right any anything else anything that we missed on the bio stuff should we should we dive into the record yeah let's uh, dive on in and see what goes here all right let's do this so as a reminder our scoring is based on number of songs on the record wayne how many songs on this record it's the perfect number for a record 10 which means top song is going to get 10 points. Next favorite song, nine points on down to lowest score of one. Let's kick this off with Say It Isn't So. Say it isn't so. 
this was the first single off the album. Um, didn't hit on the top 40 charts, but on the mainstream rock tracks chart, which I don't know. Is that a thing anymore? No, they, well, they changed it to modern rock and now I don't think it exists at all. But it's <laughs> funny as reading that, I do remember that you would hear these guys on, and there was no alternative radio at that time, but there were some cooler stations around like KYYX, yeah. KJet, and you you would hear them. Initially, you heard them there before they they blew up and went top 40. There, wasn't there a... So I remember the first time I heard this song was on a recorded VHS tape that Sean had recorded off of like, didn't like HBO have some kind of like, um, alternative rock type of, uh, of video program or, or am I totally. Yeah. You know, the, um, every only thing besides MTV that I knew of was night tracks on, on the superstation in Atlanta. Might've been night tracks. Might've been night tracks. And so that's possible. But like I say, the first time I heard this song was when you, pulled the cellophane off the cassette and threw it in <laughs> in the Ford Maverick. Woo-hoo. All right. Um, Mark, what do you got on this, this, uh, this song? I, I, I remember when I was younger that I, I knew there was, I, I saw the other video and I was like, Oh, I know there's another one and I can never find this one. You know, it's not like back then you could just pull up a TiVo or something be like, Oh, here's no. the menu. You know, <laughs> it was like you, you either caught it when it was on or you didn't if you had the channel. So um, I did like the song because like Wayne was saying, take it out of the cassette. That's right. I think I heard it first. So um, liked it. What did I score on it? Let me see if I can pull that screenshot up here. Was it a five? Do you have the score? I <laughs> trying to find what I, what I gave you here. Well, I was giving you crap ahead of us recording because I'm like, you're going to have some explaining to do. You, you okay. Gave this, oh, great. Because you gave this okay. a two. A two? Oh, a two. Is that backward? Let's see. Yeah. The, that sounds reversed. I think I had to switch that out with something. I think at the end, I can't. It, it was a really hard decision, all, all of them. But yeah, they're. Uh, this one, I think I can't remember if I switched out for Nervous Alibi or not. I can't remember. Yeah, but they, so if it's a two, it's a tie with a four or something, you know. All right, all right. So, so we've we've already figured out that that Mark wants to go deep track on us. <laughs> so I get I get it. Oh. Uh, <laughs> is is there anything lyrically on this or any of the songs on this album that like really stand out? Um, the, yes, uh, I like the, the mystery man, um, the, got a letter from a mystery man. I like the way it's got like this whole ambiance of when I was younger, I liked it. So I think out of, I, I like that they go into more of a, you know, of a yeah, like, okay, we'll get there, you know, adventure situation with their song. And yeah. How about for you know, this, how about for this one though? How do you, Wayne, do you, uh, well, do you get any sense that, that, with them having a song called say it isn't so that you're <laughs> that's to- right and if it was say it ain't so that would be awesome yeah but it wouldn't yeah. fit melody wise but this one it kind of came to me late because these first two songs i think for me far and away the top songs on this record and they both even lyrically and this one the story came to me late but there is this 
the the title is perfect for what the guy is what what the lyrics have to say. You know that denial that he knows that she's cheating, but he's telling himself that it's just a possibility, like she just might be. And so with some of the lines about you know, you know, is there somebody else in the game? Oh, you don't want me to know. And then my favorite line is because when you're out of my sight, you're out of my mind. There's a whole story here that kind of it takes a little bit of a little bit of scratching the surface to get. Uh, but ultimately they have, I'm here's the thing. So they're English. They're a trio and the bass player sings and they double track with an echo on his voice to make everything sound like synchronicity too. So <laughs> it's got a strong, you don't, it's, it's a double-edged sword. When you try to attach yourself stylistically to the police, you're in deep water because number one, Sting's lyrics, like as we discovered doing synchronicity, they are, I had to, I looked up six different Wikipedia entries on every song. He's a very intelligent guy, uh, writer. And yeah. those three guys are at the top of their game instrumentally. Not that these guys aren't solid, but they don't, they, there's Andy Summers would shred John Spinks to pieces. It's, it's their, Far and away. So attaching so when the A and R guy lets you get kind of stylistically attached to the police, you're in deep water. Yeah, and and honestly, after reading that um, you know, the producer and the engineer for Hooters was involved in this, I got more of a Hooters vibe than I got on the police vibe. Oh, as it went along, I got several and here's the thing is I'll mention names of bands. I'm big country men at work. They, they have, they, and I love all, and the police. I love all three of those. I love all three of those bands. The outfield is ear candy though. And even John Spinks, I, he was in some article talking about, right. Yeah. It makes you, it's, it's definitely car radio music where you turn it up and you're air drumming and air guitaring. It makes you feel good and you sing along and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Yeah, they got the hooks down. That's oh, for, for sure. Yeah, some of them deeper the, than others, but absolutely. Yeah, like the police have more pop and 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 the you know excellent you know writing and focus and different yeah subjects, and the you know the outfield is more more pop hook and more drive rock. Yeah, it's a flavor for sure. Yeah, but kind of similar setup too with the bass lead singer and a you know maybe that's the way they were you know right around the sound at the time. All right, Wayne, your your score on this one. Oh, this is a nine. This was I, this one and the next one were virtu- virtual. There was a dead heat. I had to come up with different ways. All right, that's better. I think we're just going to negate. Just, uh, <laughs> yeah, throw out the highest and lowest. <laughs> this good, yeah, mainly because it's so it's such a high profile song. Uh, other than than your love, and that's mainly for the score. But I like it just as much as a lot of the other tracks. Yeah. you know, in the album. And this is this is my top song on the record. Were, were there any listener scores to this, Ben? There is. We did. We we threw this out to the listeners, so I do have some some listener scores. Um, we've got, I've got uh, four individuals who this was their top song. So John Lamoro, our friend from the Hustle Podcast, got Kevin P out there. He also scored this as high. 
Dave Greenberg. This is his top, top song. And then um, new listener, Derek Johnson. Uh, he also scored this a 10. And then um, our friends, Alex from the Sly Dog podcast. Uh, he scored this a nine and Tony K, one of our, uh, one of our fans out there on the Twitter verse. Uh, this was his nine as well. So spoiler alert for the listener scores. This was, this was top, top song. So Mark, you are definitely on an Island with your, um, with, with your score. Odd man out. And you can tell he's not phased at all by that. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, I had to grab some water if you ask me a question here. No, we're good. Um, good. All right. All right, next song is Your Love. second single and most importantly it peaked at number two on the mtv's top 20 countdown in april of 1986 that's what's most important right in 1986 it would have been i mean yeah that was a big deal like say the first two songs are like they're virtual dead heat and this one does have a, a cool story i did discover a cool story in say it ain't so a little bit late but this has a distinctive guitar riff that opens it up. And those first lines, when he when he says those first lines, Josie's on a vacation far away, it's it's instantly recognizable. Um, yeah. There's like I say, this is a this one has a great story. I mean, Josie leaves town. He clearly has a, uh, his eyes set on an older woman that he has some knowledge of. There's definitely a, a history with these two. And I. It's totally misogynistic, but I love the way he's like, let's keep this to ourselves, baby. It's just me and you. Nobody needs to know about this. Yeah. And I, I like the fact that he's going for the girls that are a little bit older as opposed to the knack who um, they went they went the other way. Yeah. And is it just me? But I, I instantly conjure up an image of uh, Jacqueline Bissett every time he says that. Oh, I don't know yeah. what that's – I don't know. Too many, too many Andrew McCarthy movies or something. Uh, yeah, yeah. Dang, you're pulling out all the old references. It's not. It's, this is 1986. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> a cable. That's all I got. Mark, what do you got on your love? Uh, let's see. What did I rate this one? I thought I rated it lower, uh, even though I know it's going to be a number one. It could easily be a number one on many everyone's list. Um, it's uh, obviously I liked the song when it came out. It was was very catchy, hooky. Um, you know, I like the the theme, the way it's kind of you know, um, like, you know the lyrics, the you know <laughs> their shoulder to cry on. I like the theme of like the you know keep it undercover, all that stuff that Wayne was talking about. Um, but it's you know it's and and you know def- definitely call it dead. He would number one too, but I think. For me, since I'm going deep track, I like others on the album a little bit more from my memories anyway. Yeah. 
All right. So um, one thing I didn't mention was how it tracked on the chart. So uh, peaked at number six on the Billboard Hot 100. However, in the UK, nothing peaked at number 83. <laughs> yeah. That is just crazy to me. All right. Um, Wayne, your score on this one? Oh, this is my top score. I Just for the line as you leave me, please, would you close the door? All right, this is my nine. And um, Mark, what was your score again on this one? Oh, it was a, f- oh, it was a four. A four. All right, so listener scores. Uh, this tracked really high. Uh, we've got uh, top, top score for Tony K and for Alex. Uh, we've got uh, a nine for Kevin and Derek. And then John and Dave had this as their eight. So uh, for listener scores, this is going to... Um, this is going to end up being the second top top song, which really not not a surprise. Not a surprise. All right, uh, next song is "I Don't Need Her." Usually when we when we do these episodes, we dig in pretty deep into the lyrics. <laughs> I consider not even printing them off because there's not anything terribly deep in no, the lyrics. No. But I did and in the end I did anyway. Uh this is the first one I caught a little big country. And I it's something in the guitar sound that can Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a little bit of yeah. A little bit of that sound. Yeah. And then every time he says, look back in anger, it always makes me think of Oasis who said, don't look back in anger. Yeah. Okay. I can, I can see that. But it's got, uh, I, I, I like this. It's got a strong male point of view where at the end he's just like, and I think a lot of it's bravado. So there is, there isn't a ton of subtext to the lyrics, but there is a little bit. And this one is a, it's a lot of bravado where, you know, I don't need her is, is not exactly how he feels. No, he's like, I'm too tired of trying to please her, but in the end, I just can't leave her. Can't leave her tonight. So obviously the reason why she's still around is for that. Don't look back in anger. Okay. Don't look back in anger. Don't look at his parallels, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Mark, what do you, what do you got for this song? Any any anything lyrically or musically that you like? It's going through that that trip through time there. What Wayne is describing um, the this one. I, I do like how the the twist of how you say he doesn't need her, then in the chorus in the end, I just can't leave her. So that that does make me appreciate it in a certain sense there. So I mean, I always like the the I always like the beat and the hook and the and it is kind of got a nice. Uh, does have a big countryish type of sound, so I still, even if, even if I gave it a one, it was uh, I don't know a one on this album could be probably like five for every you know over it's like a yeah a five way tie for that same score, so can't really call it that score either. Yeah. If that makes yeah, sense. 
I, I get it. Wayne, what do you got for a score? I gave it an eight. And when I initially looked at this, I could have done this in, in reverse order of 10 through one. Uh, but the next song threw a monkey, monkey wrench in my plan. So I just abandoned it. But uh, right. this is high up for me. There we go. All right. Uh, this is my seven. And then looking at listener scores. So um, John Lamoureux has this as his nine. That was the, that was, that was the highest we had for the listener scores. Alex and Derek had this as a seven. Um, Kevin had this as, as a two. So um, maybe Kevin and Mark are going to end up being good buds uh, after this is all said. And done. Um, <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's do next song, which is every good time. job, Kevin. <laughs> every time you cry is next. You guys realize that this was a single? Nope, I had moved on by then. Yes, yes. This was fourth single off the album. Didn't do a whole lot on the Billboard Hot 100. Peaked at 66. So, and I don't, I don't ever remember hearing it on the radio. I don't think they made a video for this. Uh, right? They they made a video for. Uh, they did. Did they? For this they one? did make a video. Yes. Yes, they did make it. It's actually that had like a bunch of lights. I think bunch of uh, and a concert type uh, video. Okay, all right. Now I gotta go check that out. Um, is there anything lyrically on this one that stands out? No, the silence is deafening, guys. Not in my opinion. <laughs> I can say I, one of my major criticisms of the record is the lack of variation. But when okay. they go. So when they deviate from the, for lack of a better word, formula, it gets dicey. And on this one, uh, the chorus saves it because that it re- they really shine there. But that plodding rhythm with that single pick, you know, single note guitar, uh, it becomes abrasive almost a little bit. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, there's a bridge section where it was some decent chanting, singing, or some chorus singing. It's kind of uh, kind of done in like a, a mellow kind of way. I like that section of the song, but overall wasn't what I give it here. Um, which that's so like I gave it around a three. I, I wasn't very kind of the first five, I guess the first five tracks as much as the the rest. Yeah. But all right, this is my two, and I do like this song. It's just compared to some of the other songs, I get what you're saying. The uh, the the verses, the musicality of the verses is not super strong. I, th- I, I, I know what they were trying to do. I just don't think that they completely pulled it off. So Wayne, Wayne, what do you got for a score on every time you cry? Also a deuce. Like I say, this isn't. There's nothing terrible about any of this. I mean, they they're just trying to have a good time. And like I say, you don't, not everything is got to be Neil young. Not everything has a metaphor or a subtext. No, 
not every everything needs to be written by Morrissey. All right. Uh, Kevin. P. I wish, oh, I wish everything was. <laughs> okay. I know. Uh, Kevin P was, uh, was the highest for the listener scores. He gave this a seven and, uh, everybody else tracked around the two to three to four. Alex and Tony gave this a four Derek and John threes and Dave, um, gave it a deuce as well. All right. Uh, next song, 61 seconds. So I have I have my oldest son who does the uh, he he puts together the sound clips for me. Um, he created a meme based off of this uh, where it was Anakin Skywalker saying liar to 61 seconds because this song is actually what, like three minutes and something long. And they stretch stuff out. This one, even a lot of these songs aren't lyrically dense, but they stretch them out with some instrumental breaks to, to keep them moving along. And sometimes that works better than others. I did. I really like this song. Um, it, this is the one that gave me a very, who can it be now? Very men at work feel without the sacks, which yeah. there, I, I absolutely love men at work. And Colin Hay is one of my favorite singers. And there is something about Tony Lewis that fits right in between Sting and Colin Hay. That's that's good company, though. No, that's that is excellent company. Yeah, that's really good company. Um, there's a clock on the wall, a mirror reflecting it all, just an imageless. Photo. This one, that lyric, I, I really like. And and this and and the beat and the the driving beat it does have kind of that that minute work you know kind of feel to it but it's also like got little, they start getting a little little introspective or you know at least to a little extent there there's some they start getting into some some areas that are beyond your normal um, you know shouting at, at ladies sort of track right. you know, from the eighties. Right. So yeah, it's, it's, it, yeah, they started getting a little more, more deeper here. I, I, that's, and this track always had a nice hook to it. It's, were were you making a Ronco, a Ronco microphone reference there? <laughs> Ronco microphone. Oh, okay. So hit, Gosh, yeah, I, I'm, I just dated myself. Never Mr. Mind. Microphone. Yeah. Mr. Microphone. Remember Mr. Mike? Okay. No? Right, Pocket fisherman? Anything? Oh, it's, yeah, kind of, you know, not sure I'm following that. Oh, all right. All we'll right. shut up now. All right. Uh, my score, believe it or not, um, is an eight on this one. And I'm going to throw this over to Mark. Mark, your score. I, I gave it an eight. First and only time you and I are going to agree all episode. <laughs> All right. Uh, Probably. Yeah, this is, that's the one. Yeah. 
Wayne, what do you got for a score? And I gave it a seven, but I absolutely went back and forth. I mean, it. this is, I, I wish I would have given it eight now, but I gave it a seven. All right. Uh, didn't track super high on the listener scores. Um, Alex, Tony, and Derek all gave it a deuce. Uh, Dave gave it a six. Kevin and John, fives. So um, not in the top five for our for our listeners. Um, and I may, oh, listeners. I know I may have just, ah, may have just given something away on the total scores, but we'll, we'll come back to that. All right. Uh, time to flip over the cassette, right? Side B. Side B. Side B. Here we go. Mystery man is next. And Mark, you you made mention that you like the vibe and the lyrics to this. So, what what is it about Mystery Man that you you did? Well, you know, as a, as a kid, I was I it was my probably my favorite on the album or, or close to it. But the um, you know, my favorite is now for sure, just over time. But um, I gee, the the lyrics are kind of kind of smaller but that doesn't matter i like the he's on a mission in mozambique he's <laughs> room is wired so i guess they're getting into more of a like a like a tom clancy sort of or something here uh like a espionage uh sort of oh gosh what's the closest i could think of the movies back in the 80s right the, in 1986 it would have been james bond uh and they and yeah they, they give that's my that's yes. one of my bigger criticisms about this is they get me all excited with these exotic locales but they never they don't give me any more this is the one song i felt like had a ton of potential and just wasn't explored enough yeah because you end up that it's the pink carnation on a mystery man a rendezvous in romania double double agents in australia and then it just goes it's all the same thing that's already been so he, done he, he, he goes all over the world right that's I, what you gotta know <laughs> like how they stretched but, it out to four minutes is I still don't even like I say it starts with that computer, those computery sounds, which are supposed to create mystery, which I gave them. I, I you know what? I'm going to dock them a point, but I'll, I get what they're trying to do. But then they took a minute and a half worth of lyrics and somehow stretched it yeah. to four minutes. It's that beautiful, it like bridge in the middle with the, you know, where it kind of slows down and they got the, those, those sounds of keys and then they start doing volume swells and then they build up the drums and they get back to that rocking hook, so that's that's why I oh that's I think that's how they stretched that one out. But yeah, they've managed to do it do yeah. it well. I think. All right, Mark, your your score on this one. Um, this one was a nine for me. All right, Wayne. A five. Like I say, I really I'm intrigued. I want to know where this guy is going. Yeah. Um, what is happening in Mozambique and Australia and Romania? And I'm not I'm not finding out. Yeah. All right. Um. And this was my four. All right. Um, looking at listener scores, this did not track high. Um, everybody's uh, three, threes, fours. Um, Lamoureux's got it as a two. So, all right. Next song, All the Love.
And this was third single off the album, number 19 on the Billboard Hot 100. And um, yeah, it did get some play on the old MTV. I didn't see what the 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 peak chart position on the MTV countdown was. I'm sorry, I, I should have done I don't, And I will say this. I watched all three videos just recently today, and Tony Lewis's mullet gets bigger and bigger every video. <laughs> The clear the production budget got bigger too. It was pretty large in this particular video. Then I'm assuming it w- it it wasn't hair metal large, but it was it was okay. It was a it was an 80s production video. I remember this one, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of kind of in the same thing as the, the earlier single, uh, "Your Love," but it's. Uh, yeah, I remember the videos from a lot of the bands back then. It's interesting to watch them and be like, "Wow, that's, they make do it a little bit different <laughs> these days." Or all YouTube or coming up with some viral. But yeah, it's it was an interesting time. Yeah, I I, I don't have a problem with the uh, the permed mullets. No, you don't. Yeah. Um, I will say that of the this is a this is a well written song. Musically, it feels like deja vu, but lyrically. It's got some great lines in it and he's able to capture, there's a bitterness, but he's, he's able to balance it with this, you know, you can the still loving her. So it does have, it has a lot, uh, it has a lot lyrically and from Tony Lewis's vocal performance, but musically I have now heard this song five times. Do you think that, so I, I find this really similar to your love, in a good way. I mean, they're they're both catchy, catchy tunes. Do you think that if this were the first single or the second single, do you think it would have charted higher than the number 19 that we're seeing? No, I think they had something with Your Love. I mean, there there is a right time, right place feeling to it. Yeah. I think that is, to me, that's their signature song. That's the one when you, you hear that guitar riff and he says that first line, you you know where you. It's like a comfy. Uh, you know where you are. Yeah, and and when you hear it performed by other people, you know, you know immediately. Like like Bon Iver does a really great stripped down version of that, of of your love, which is just fantastic. Um, I didn't. I guess I didn't mention. Um, have you heard the Katy Perry version of that song of your love? I've heard enough stories not to. It's so not good. Um, I wasn't going to bring it up, but now that I brought up the really good version, <laughs> Too late. I had to bring up the really bad one. All right. Um, Wayne, what do you got for a score? The six. I think lyrically this one is strong. Uh, that uh, that line, but, but there are the words that I whisper on every first night but the day you left me, those words were on the same flight. Yeah. He has there. It's stronger lyrically, but it's brought down by the fact that I've heard the song. I've musically, I've heard the song already. Yeah. And this is my six as well. And then Mark. I got this one at a seven. Okay. Um, the, I like the, the, like the guitar tone and soul. I think if, if anything, it establishes a consistency in their sound. Yeah. For the album. Yeah. yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, listener scores on the love tracked really well. Uh, Dave, Dave had this as his nine. Tony is eight. 
Derek is eight. John is seven. Um, Alex took a page out of Mark's book. He gave this a one. Uh, <laughs> Alex, who? Man, Alex, what's up? Um, and then Kevin gave it a four. So it, it's still in their top, in the listener top fives. All right, next song, Talk to Me. Um, Mark, talk to me. What do you like? Uh, let's see. Gave this one. Ended up giving this one a six. Uh, the I don't know. This was. I don't know if this was when I switched with saves. It isn't so. <laughs> like I said, it was hard to to, to kind of juggle them. But this one, I would put into the list with that one, and also uh, number three. What I are, don't need her. So so why are you giving this a little bit higher score than than some of the hits? Um, just cause it's got like kind of this, like more of like a sweet guitar vibe to it. It's, it's not so, it's just got a little bit of a different feel. So I like that one. I like the bridge to it. Um, I, is it a bridge or is it another verse? I can't really tell the, uh, is that I call you up on the phone. Nothing to say. Yeah. I'm in a trap sealed by your lips. That kind of deal. Yeah. I, I, and I like that. And that's my favorite part of this. I could say the double track vocal with the echo. It, I don't know. It's starting to wear thin at this point. Um, but there is a little bit of that 88 lines about 44 girls in the melody yeah. that I always like. Yeah. It does have a nail. Yeah. I like the chorus buildup too. the, you know, can't wait any longer. So that's uh, you know, it's, it's got a, I think it transitions well. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think. It's not Hooters. It this feels more like a Survivor song, don't you think? Uh, at, yeah, I can say at some points it feels like a Night Ranger song. Uh, um, yeah, I can I've see already that. heard some Men at Work, The Police, yeah, Big Country, yeah. Um, You've already so talked to me, or yeah. All right. Um, this is my three. Wayne, your score? I give it a four. And then, Mark, what was your score again? Uh, which, uh, for Talk to Me, was a six. Yep. And then, listener scores um, tracked really well. So, they're um, they're in the sixes. And, oh, Kevin and Alex gave this their eight. Dave and Tony, their sevens. And then John and Derek sixes for them. So tracked really high on the listener side. All right. Taking my chances is next. And uh, Mark, I'm just going to throw this over to you. So ex- explain to us why this is, um, well, this this gets your top song. Uh, number 10, yeah. The uh, 
Uh, this one, I like. You were just talking about it, it, the survival. This one seems like a survival song. He's looking in the mirror, trying to, you know, I got the memories of Tuesday. I can't remember anything she said. I, I like that 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 John Spinks sings lead on this one. It kind of gives it an interesting difference uh, to it, and I like the I love the chorus how it kicks in with the I'm taking all my chances and and the way they harmonize together. Just uh, this song just rocks, you know. Yeah. Yeah, Wayne, what do you got on this one? Yeah, and that I I assume the same same thing that that was uh, John Spinks on the at least at the very least co lead, co lead, right? Yeah, it looks like that Tony sings it first. Yeah, um, which does it is interesting. That's literally the word I wrote in my notes. Also, it's not enough to save it though because he's it's at this point we're nine songs into this and yeah, there's definitely a pattern developing. But I didn't think I thought, and I think John Spinks wrote the vast majority of the lyrics on the song, and some of them are really good. And this one, I didn't find it strong. Yeah, I don't think Tony did much of the writing. It, this was mostly John who um, who did uh, did the lyrics and and most of the music, if I remember correctly. Um, all right. Yeah, I don't. I'm looking at the lyrics right now, and I'm like, uh, I don't really have anything. Um, I know. Surprise. Um, all right, Wayne, your score. Uh, three. This is my five. Uh, Mark already threw the gauntlet down. This is his top song. All right. Um, on the listener side, uh, interesting. Uh, Dave has this as his lowest song. Uh, Alex, Tony and Kevin had this as their six. John, his four and Derek a five. And then let's wrap this up. So this is nervous alibi. was almost positive that this was going to be the collective least favorite song but i'm i'm wrong again <laughs> mark i'm throwing this over to you why why is this not your least favorite song? <laughs> um well uh number five all the fives down to one are probably a tie really um why is it not? I guess it, I kind of like that it's slow. I like that it's it, it, like after all the rocking out, <laughs> all the ear candy or whatnot, um, they go off into this slow ending. Um, yeah, it's a little misogynistic for sure. So I don't know. It's 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 not it's not my highest on the list for sure. But it's uh, you know it's about all I got on that one. Yeah. And and is her real name Cherry or is that is he being misogynistic at that? Uh, yeah, I think he's I think he's being snide. Yeah, I think so too. Um, which is why I, I tanked it. I gave well, this and, my one. And that and for me, here's this is the ironic uh, thing about this. So my biggest criticism of the album is that it lacks variation, and the first nine songs either sound alike or similar to each other, and then. When they do do something completely different, it's horrible. 
And it's definitely a case of be careful what you wish for because you just might get it. Yeah, it's a little different. The uh, was like ACDC kind of established the sound, same sound throughout the albums, maybe a little bit of that. Yeah. How many drinks are you in, Wayne? I've had three double whiskey uh, gingers. Yeah, I, can, I, can, I always can tell because the angry Wayne <laughs> comes out a little bit. Right. <laughs> I'm not angry. Like I say, ultimately, this is a very fun record. Yeah. It, it you're, you're not going to, you know, cure world hunger. But if you, you're going to, if you're in your car, you're going to turn it up and you're going to do that air drumming on the steering wheel and have a good time. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. Not everything has to have subtext. You don't have to be trying to figure out what he's really saying all the time. Sometimes he's just saying that girl is cheating on me. And like I say, I, I enjoyed listening to it. I listened to it several times and I had a good time every time, but the name of the game is criticism. All right. So All right. It's my job. All right. Mark, did you say what your score was? Uh, this was a five. All right. Uh, listener scores. Um, so Alex agreed with you. He agreed on you on a couple with you. Didn't he Mark? Uh, was it, was it Alex or was it Kevin? Maybe Alex did. Uh, I, th- I thought okay. it was Alex. Thought it was Alex. All right. Uh, so Alex gave gave this a five. Um, Dave gave this a three, and then everybody else gave this their one as well. Uh, collectively, this was our least favorite song for everybody. All right. Uh, this is usually where I say, um, "Did we cover everything? Did we miss anything?" I. And sometimes I would say no, but this time, yeah, I think I, I think we did. So before before we get our top top scores, and I talk about what the listener scores. So I'm going to throw this out there to you guys: Is your favorite outfield song on this album? Mine is, yeah. So your love is is your favorite out, outfield song? Yes. Okay. Um, your second favorite outfield song is it on this yes okay all right uh mark how about you is your favorite oh oh, oh absolutely not um <laughs> it's uh, i i like somewhere in america from banging and um okay uh moving target uh there's uh but yeah it's i still like it like all of it you know yeah. from, from you know from you know when childhood days you got you know learn to appreciate stuff you know grew up and all, all the stuff I listened to. So it's, it's in there. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on banging. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to throw this out. This may be an unpopular opinion, but no surrender is my favorite outfield song. Oh yeah. Yeah. I really like that one too. And playground. I really like as well. And, um, there's there's some good ones on some later albums too, that I, I really like. Um, I really like, like off of um, off of Diamond Days. I really like uh, for you. Do you guys? Know? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, my my paradise, pretty good as, as well. Yeah, yeah, that's good too. All right. Um, usually, I can I can throw this question out, and we can kind of figure out what <laughs> the number one song is. But um, Mark, you you threw us some um, curveballs. To, to keep with the baseball analogy, you threw us some curveballs. You 
Oh, good. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just going to run down the top five. So we've got a tie for number one, which is your love in 61 seconds. That got an average score of 7.66. Uh, Say it isn't so, average score of seven. That's number three. Number four is all the love, average score of 6.33. And then we've got a tie for fifth. So we actually have a top six. Uh, Mystery Man, uh, that was Mark's doing because he gave that a really high score. Actually, taking my chances, also the the tie for fifth. Yeah, there we go. Also Mark's doing because that was his top song. All right. Uh, over on the listener's side. So their top five is say it isn't. So your love talk to me all the love and I don't need her. So there's, there's the top five from the listeners uh, for the listeners. Thanks again for contributing to this. Hope you found it fun. Um, hope you, hope you were able to dig out your cassettes and go for, a, go for a drive with the windows down and cranking up the outfield. So that's how you, that's how you're supposed to listen to this out. Go for a drive, go for a drive and crank it up. Uh, enjoy. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me on with it to say. Absolutely. Absolutely. So tell tell our listeners where they can find all the happenings of Mark Ontaris. Yeah, so markontaris.com. Uh, check out the website. You can you can get the, the Road Trip Rocker tape, and you can also download on Spotify. Release, releasing some new songs soon. Th- thank you for bringing it up. Really, really appreciate that. Absolutely. All right. So as a reminder, you can find all of our old hat, old episodes by going to recordsrevisitpodcast.com. And of course, find all of our happenings on our Facebook page. Uh, I'm on Twitter as, as, as well at podcast records. And I know Wayne, you're on the Instagram. Where can they find us? Records are visited podcast. That's pretty easy. And of course you can find us on all the major uh, platforms for podcasts definitely go and subscribe and rate or review us. So thanks for listening. Please go support the arts. I would tell you to go to a live show, but you know the drill on that. So um, please go support your favorites on the live streams. You, you doing any live stream events? Uh, I'll be announcing some soon. If you check the, the website as well, I did one recently for the playing for, for change day foundation. So yeah, right. yes, indeed. All right. Buy a T-shirt of the band. Buy a record. Uh, maybe a road trip rocker, right? That is correct, sir. All right. And we are Records Revisited, and we are... Ow! Ow! Ouch.